Hi, it's Salman Qureshi. You're listening to the Expat Brat Podcast. What's happening? I'll tell you what I think is happening. Your life. This is what I imagine it to be right now. You have been sent for work to... Uh, to what, What's a terrible country? Now it gets political already. Ah, oh, God. I shouldn't have started like that. Let's try this again. Here's what I think is happening. Your workplace is sending you to... It doesn't matter where. Hong Kong, right? For uh, work... For like an important meeting. But on the way, you get upgraded to first class. Does that ever happen anymore? I'm not sure. Does it? And your flight gets uh, into turbulence, and so they have to land it in Maldives instead. And you're stranded there, all expenses paid by the airlines because of it's their fault, uh, on an island for the next week. And all you can do is relax and enjoy yourselves because your laptop, as the plane skidded onto the Mali airport, just banged against uh, the walls for some reason. Just yours. And so you can't even work. And your boss has decided to be extremely sympathetic and concerned for your safety and said, you know what? On the cell phone to you, you know what? <clears throat> you just head, you know, relax right back there. Take your time and and, and just you, your job's going to be here waiting for you right when you get back. Okay. That's what I imagine is happening in your life. It sounds cool, right? Uh, meanwhile, um, <laughs> I just got back from traveling. Man, I, I've been sick the last two, three weeks off and on again. There's been a couple of uh, changing weather, I suppose. That's what's causing this stuff, right? Or COVID, who knows? Um, but a lot of people have been falling ill. Meanwhile, everybody's pretending it's over. I'm cool with that. No masks anywhere. We've got vaccinated. Everyone's vaccinated. So maybe we got to treat it like a common cold, unless you're, you know, uh, it's something that will kill you. Yeah, in which case, I'm not sure what to do. Um, we've moved on. <laughs> and I was traveling. Uh, I went to see my mom and dad. And we decided to meet up in Karachi, uh, which is supposed to be our hometown. Have I spoken to you guys about that? Because that's strange to me, right? Here, here's the thing. My my parents uh, apparently were from Karachi and stuff, but, you know, it just, we've never lived there. So it just feels really hard to call it my hometown as well, you know. It's one of those things I'm sure a lot of expat uh, third culture kids have as an issue. Anywho, I did go back. And on my, I realized um, I had packed my podcast mic into the back because I was optimistic that I'm going to go there and for the six, seven days I have, I'm just going to find time to chill out, get into a room and blast away a couple of episodes maybe, just record a few and put it out there and have a great time in the meantime. So I packed my podcast a uh, disclaimer if you if you've been a regular um follower of the podcast clearly I've, I've, I've i wasn't able to do that but the mic did travel with me and it had a nice trip it had a great time it went shopping it had uh you know it just saw so much more in life it, it didn't think the mic hadn't thought that it would uh, ever go to a third world country and uh oh ouch Ah, calling your own country third world. Wow, that's a new low, isn't it? Developing nation. Anywho, on the flight there to Karachi, my mic's in the bag. I put it in my hand carry. Uh, choices, decisions that I will later regret. And in the x-ray scan, I get pulled aside. And <laughs> this woman, immigration officer, goes, 
what's in your bag. And I'm like, at that point, I, I have no idea, right? You, you forget what you packed. And for a second, I'm panicking. I'm like, um, I don't know. What did I put in there? That might be a problem. And then she shows me the x-ray scan and this mic. I swear to God, this mic looked like a bomb, a canister or something. Like, just just very shady. And I looked at it and I couldn't recall that it was the mic, this very mic that I'm talking into. And I thought, oh, what have I done? What did I do? Did I leave my bag around for a few seconds? What the hell happened? And I'm panicking, I'm looking at it. And it's so funny because you, you know, you just forget at that point. All, all your thoughts, memories, everything just vanish. I'm looking at it going, I, I've done, these guys are going to bust me. Uh, and eventually I went, no, 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 it's a podcast mic. It's a podcast mic. And she, she went, oh, okay. Didn't smile at me at all. And even though I, you know, kind of did my little chuckle to go. You know that chuckle you do to lighten the mood up if you don't have a joke? Or it's not appropriate enough to do a joke. And she kind of go, <laughs> right? Uh, it's a mic. <laughs> Some, something like that. I think it was something like that. Maybe it sounded more panicky. Uh, she didn't respond to that, as most immigration officers don't. And I, I, I went through. But it, was, it also bothered me, though, that... When I thought about it, right, I was like, she didn't really check it. She didn't. She didn't check it. She took my word for it. And that's a little bit scary, isn't it? Because I wasn't, I wasn't exactly the, the most confident, calm person in that moment. I literally went, uh, 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 it's, a, uh, it's, not a, it's a podcast, Mike. And if I was in her place, I'd be like, this guy sounds a little, just a little bit suspicious. Maybe we should open this bag and check it, right? Uh, she didn't. She let me through. So if it was something else, I would have taken it through the plane, right? Hello. Um, you'll take water bottles, but not something suspicious like that. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, got through. It was cool. Uh, I've never panicked like that. I, I swear to God, when I saw that x-ray thing, it was just crazy. Um, but the trip itself was great. Other than that, I got to travel with my sister and my niece, so my sister's daughter. And I realized kids nowadays, we always did it, but we did it as teens. It was like underplaying stuff. She Kids have taken it to a whole different level. Like she'll be having, she's six years old, by the way. She'll be having the greatest time uh, she's having a ball without her siblings. She's eating McDonald's every day <laughs> and drinking Coke and everything. And she's, you know, play, going to the adventure land over there, the amusement parks, blah, 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 blah. And I, every time I went, hey, uh, you having a great time? And she just goes, mm, it's okay. And I was just like, whoa, what does it take to impress kids nowadays? So it's just, is this TikTok videos that have spoiled them? Or just they've been told not to act excited? I need to deep dive into this. If you've got kids or you are young, uh, I want to know, is this something like being promoted by videos and stuff? <laughs> but one of the biggest learning uh, about traveling there was that um, <clears throat> we eat a lot. <laughs> okay so firstly i just weighed myself right and i'm a little like sad about my life right now because i weigh more than i did at the beginning of the year and about seven months of this year i had been great i had been losing weight i was halfway to my ideal weight 
and now I've gained more weight than I did at the start of the year. It's crazy. And not by like half a kilo, like a couple of kilos. It's really, it's just really disappointing. <laughs> you know, I've had a few bad, a bad month or so, a couple of bad months maybe. But it just killed me to know I've, I'm going to miss my targets or at most be right on square one or something. How do people do it? How do people transform themselves and be so consistent? My life is just so hard to do that, right? And um, my waistline is again at the place where I started the year. It's just really depressing, dude. Uh, it's um, and I just realized it's it's our culture just has too much food. We show love through food. That's the problem. All right. Uh, it's a great thing. It's a beautiful thing in some ways. And I think all of humanity kind of does it. Like you know. Food is one of the ways we show love. Maybe it's an evolutionary thing where people at the beginning went, hey, I'm going to go out, fight this dinosaur, kill it, <laughs> cook it, and present it to you instead of just having it by myself. Like the ultimate act of selflessness was probably that, right? To risk your life to feed others. And that has stayed with us now. <clears throat> and even though we can just go pop into a restaurant or order online sitting at home and get literally any kind of food you want at your house in 30 to 45 minutes, we still think of it as the best way to show love. I don't know how much or how, uh, you know, it's ingrained in other cultures, how much it might have died down, who knows. But in the brown culture, in the Pakistani culture, it's still a huge thing. It's like if you don't eat, you have not just insulted. It's on a different level. Okay, I know I know some cultures have like they feel insulted. This isn't insulted. This is like you have uh you you have uh <laughs> what's more than feeling insulted? You have like destroyed their sense of self-worth. All right? Like it's gone deeper. And so I had to like eat and take bites everywhere. Um, and not to say I don't enjoy it. It was great food also. It was just the thing of like, okay, <clears throat> it's fine when it's your own family. But then you, I had my parents, family, friends. I had, uh, I, I don't know, everybody. <laughs> everybody, maybe strangers to just feeding me every single day, four or five times a day. And if I had a longer holiday where I was there for a month, I could space it out and go, hey, how about we do next Tuesday? This was like one day after another. And it was just, you know, on and on and on. And I don't know what else we can do. The other problem is we show love through it. There's not much else going on. In how do you show love? You, some people buy you gifts, right? Like they got us clothes locally and stuff. But the food thing is just very way too important like way too important and i'm trying to come up with what would be a good thing to replace it right nfts <laughs> i don't know at current nft prices maybe that's a good thing right like uh now that it's done and dusted but then who would want it they'd be like uh, we're really sorry about getting you these useless things <sighs> i don't know man i i can't think of what else we do or we just go hey you know what I really want is your time and company and just having a laugh. And we can do it sitting at your home uh, over a cup of tea, max, right? Maybe we need to just 
create this rule. I need to, if I start going more back home, I'm just going to tell people, listen, we're going to, th these are new contracts I'm sending out to the family. All right. We're redoing this stuff. You're only allowed to serve me liquid refreshments. They're probably, I don't know. Have you, do you know Nihari or curry uh, of any kind? They probably just put in a glass and go, hey, you said liquid. <laughs> just find a new way to feed me or just blend the paratas into a glass and go, hey, <laughs> here you go, drink this. So uh, I think um, I think that's what we got to do. Uh, we just got to go, this is it. I'm only going to come over if that's the case. And we just chill out because I really do want to spend time with everybody and have a laugh about old times and new stories and blah, 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 make memories. The other problem is we're not making memories, right? What are we going to talk about next time I meet? Hey, you remember the uh, chicken tikka we had, uh, <laughs> the biryani we had. I want to do more stuff with people, experiences and stuff. And I, I gotta, we gotta move. If you're still based in these countries where you feel like that, if you know that this is a thing in your culture, then I, 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 I beg you to start changing that. Start taking your family out somewhere other than food. Uh, I'd rather get robbed together. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, that's a hold. That's so scary. You go to a place like Karachi, and I've heard this story about South Africa, and I guess any major city, the chances of being mugged go up and up and up. And that fear of being potentially mugged is such a downer on your brain, right? It has to be. Uh, that's why people are anxious and angry in these countries. I don't think, I think if you take away the mugging problem, and traffic issues, I think all these countries will shoot up so much on the happiness index because that these two things to me are the most like they're, they're the things that destroy you on a daily basis. Like just knowing that I'm going out with my phone and wallet and this might be the last time I ever see them. Just that pressure, man. Uh, I usually carry like a older phone on me when I travel and I couldn't find it when I was leaving and I had to take my iPhone and every day out with the iPhone felt like, oh, why am I doing this to you and to myself? And do I have backup? Is uh, iCloud updated? <laughs> and it, I was like, this is no way to live. Uh, meanwhile, in Dubai, people forget money on the streets and somehow it gets back to you. It's, uh, it's insane. This place is also insane on a different level. Anywho, uh, better to be here, right? Um, <clears throat> that's... Uh, that's the other thing about Pakistan, I guess, uh, and these places. So the 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 whole thing, um, the other thing that got me with these places is how nice is it to travel to places which are weaker in currency for you? Like, I, I got to admit, man, if I could earn Dubai money and move to these countries, I could live like a king, right? Just to give you an idea, like the 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 distance that I would travel that would cost me a hundred let's say thirty dollars in Dubai from one place to another so it's about a hundred 120 dirhams cost me the equivalent of two dollars five dollars max right I don't think I paid for Kareem uh, Uber from like for for a lot of distances any more than five dollars and that stuff was crazy. And that's just one example. Even 
restaurants or fast food chains like McDonald's and stuff were slightly cheaper over there. So every time I converted and like I, like I took my niece to the mall uh, play areas, right? And we literally tried every video game there. We tried bumper cars. We did a lot of stuff, all right? And it cost me one-fourth of what it would have cost me here. And it was still, the quality was on par with the stuff that I do here, okay? So it wasn't even like, okay, so these look like shady machines that will break when we play them. Uh, I got a better gift there. You know, you collect those tickets after these games and it became like a huge bunch. And the and the stuff we got there, I thought about what my my the kids would have got here and it was much better over there too. So it was just crazy that it, they've got, you, you just get more value for money as an outsider. I'm sure, and I feel bad for the people living there with the rising costs um, and it goes crazy because I can't even imagine what that would do to me to pay uh, 50 bucks for something and then the very next day that thing has gone up to 80. You know, that's the kind of price jumps that happen there and you're like, oh wow, I would not be able to budget with this stuff. And as it is, I'm bad with it. So I, I'd be on the streets pretty soon there, I, I imagine, uh, as there are loads of people. And that, uh, so I, I do feel for those people. But like I said, as an ex outside person bringing in foreign currency, this was this was heaven, man. I was like sp splashing stuff around, buying branded clothes there. And I think it set me back like one-fifth, one-tenth of what it would have here. And you get good stuff. So... Maybe if Pakistan just sort of upped their uh, image a little bit, I would recommend it to people to go shopping for holidays because you guys would really get a bang uh, for your buck over there and still see some different kind of culture and everything. Uh, I'm not here to sell it. Uh, I know how people perceive some countries as more dangerous than others, but from the outside, it does seem like that, right? Even as a... Pakistani, uh, I, I sit back, I haven't been there in years, and I just start going, you know, you start forgetting, you start going, oh no, it's a war zone. If I go there, there's it's a war, like the metro areas, the urban areas will be just people fighting with guns, shooting at each other. And, may, and, and, and you know, there might be dangerous areas, just like there are, like I said before, in different cities. But uh, most of it seems fine. Everyone's out and about. Holy crap. You can go on a weeknight to any restaurant and there are waiting lines there. And I'm thinking how, you know, it's just life is just busy there and people just decide to live it up and do the thing and not be shackled down. So that aspect has got to be great, you know? And I also feel like as a comedian, sometimes I feel like, you know, in places like that, your humor kind of develops even more because that's the way you make sense and or, or just stay sane. So that, that kind of develops your ability to laugh at more things, uh, to find the funny in it because, yeah, otherwise you'd just be crazy, okay? So there's a lot of benefits. I think I should go back more often. Uh, and it will. I've had a few chats there, so I'm kind of excited about traveling a lot. There are a few shows uh, very... Uh, close to finishing up my special 
if you've been following us, then keep a lookout on the Sal and Rushdie pages as well, because my comic friend Rushdie and I, uh, we're going to be announcing dates soon on a new special. So that's that's really cool. Uh, we've been working hard on new material, and uh, I think it's almost there. And we're going to take that on the road, not just in Dubai, but a few places, uh, just finalizing details. I'm super excited because I because I haven't you know done a tour in a while, and it'll be nice to get out. Uh, on the road and and meet people in different places, Pakistan included. I love performing there. I'm hoping. Uh, actually, this is a little shout, like uh, a little search. So, if you're a listener in Egypt or Saudi or any of the Gulf countries, hell, anywhere actually in the world, and um, you, you know you have any idea about how to get uh, us hooked up to the local scene to speak to some event promoters there to get our show over, uh, please reach out to us. Because uh, reach out to me, because uh, I'm serious about it. Uh, I'm I've, like I said, I've already been uh, finalizing some most a, a few countries, but I want to keep adding because uh, this is exciting. I'm excited about the new show. I'm excited about the work I've put in. I'm excited about seeing how well it travels and make you guys laugh. And can I can it be relatable? Because I think that for me is the biggest thing about comedy is can I take this and really get people to laugh at it regardless of where I am. And I know some people I'll never be able to reach uh, unless I do silent comedy or something of that sort to to people with who don't speak English or my language. Uh, what is my language? I guess English and Urdu, one of the two. Uh, I don't really perform in Urdu, so why am I even bringing that up? Anywho, my point is, my point being that I do want to reach out to the max uh, people that I can. All right. In the meantime, all right. So that's enough about me. Uh, a couple of things, like I always do, uh, is talk about the shows I'm watching. I'm, I'm watching Reboot, which has uh, Keegan in it from Key and Peel. And uh, into two episodes, it's all right. I'm not a big comedy sitcom fan. I'm not easily invested in them. I don't know why. There are very few that grab me. But I'm this one's kind of on the verge, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep watching it for a bit. What disappointed me was Blockbuster on Netflix, all right? So first of all, I can't believe Melissa, uh, the, the actress who played Amy on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, is in this. So far, I couldn't finish. I couldn't, where did I stop? I finished, I, I stopped at like seven, eight minutes into the episode. Dude, I couldn't, I was like, this is terrible. This has all the signs of being a terrible show. It's not funny, it's... I don't know what it is about it. None of the characters appeal to me immediately. I'm being harsh here. I know. I'm going to go back and try to finish that first episode. And if you're watching the show and you think it gets better, then motivate me, please. But seven, eight minutes into it. I'm, I'm very, I think, you know, the internet has spoiled us. So I watched Fluffy's new stand-up special. And in five minutes again, I was like, ah, oh, this sounds crap. And I switched it off. I swear. So I hope people don't do that to my show. Please don't do that. Please give it at least 15 minutes. All right. Um, that's what I've watched. Nothing great. Um, that's what's been going on in my life, guys. Uh, I got to run off now because I've got a show tonight as well with Rushdie again. Uh, we're performing live and Rami's going to join me in another comic. Uh, I'm excited about that. So I got to get ready for that. Uh, enjoy your week ahead. I'll be posting more episodes. So keep coming back. Take care. Uh, love you guys. Or as a dog would say, woof. <laughs> <laughs>